This is why it's important that your identity in Christ, that you continually go over it. Make sure that you are reminded, remind yourself. Self, it's time to be reminded of who you are in Christ because the flesh always wants to kick up and rise up again and walk in its way, right? But you have to remind yourself, oh no, uh-uh, I'm not touching that because I know who I am in Christ. So therefore, I'm not taking the bait. I'm not going to allow that spirit of anger to get me angry, to get me frustrated, to get me down. measure the value of your worth, church. They can't measure it. People are always trying to measure the value of who you are. They're trying to put limits. They're trying to say who you are and how far you can go and what you've done and what you haven't done. And they try to be your judge and they try to, to put the, their value on you. But the reality is, is that the world cannot measure the value of your worth uh, because you were born of incorruptible seed. First uh, Peter 1.23. And this is what it says. Having been born again, we're born again, we're born anew. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God. You were born anew, not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible. And that incorruptible seed was through the word of God, which lives and abides in you forever. What does someone else say about your worth? Too many of the times, other people's opinion of you takes first place in your thoughts and maybe not consciously but unconsciously subconsciously that is the underlying question that needs to be uprooted because the only thing that matters church is who god says you are so identification determines your outcome who you identify with and who you identify yourself to be will determine your outcome your value was established within you before you were created, not after some man or woman evaluated you, right? Your value in Christ was already predetermined. It was already set even before you were in your mother's womb. So your value is not placed upon you from the outside, but, it was, but it's born from within when you said yes to Jesus and you were born again. The value of God in you. Amen? Amen? So man's determination, man's determination of you does not carry any weight. It shouldn't carry any weight. It might carry weight from time to time, but it shouldn't carry any weight. The only weight that man's determination of you that you carry is the weight that you give it, is, the, is what you allow it to. So I'm seeing people like, oh, yeah. So some of you need to come out of agreement with giving man too much power over you. Can't give man, mankind, power over who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is who God has created you to be, and man doesn't dictate that because God already has. So your who is not determined by your what, 
but your value is determined by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Your value is already determined by the word of God. So what you identify with is who you really are. What you believe about yourself is who you really are. Your life will resemble it. You know, like I started off and I said that the world cannot ascribe value to you and it cannot tell you your measure of worth because they didn't give it to you. Only Christ has given it to you. And so for you to know your value, you must go to the word of God and find your identity in Christ and in Christ alone. See, every believer has the mantle of the spirit of God on the inside of them as well as on the outside of them. There is a confidence that you walk in that is visible, and that's the outside. That's what I'm referring to. There's a mantle that God gives you, but it didn't come from outside at first. It came from within first, and then it was evident outwardly. First, the work is done inwardly, and then it's evident outwardly, right? So there is a confidence that God wants you to walk in, and it's not arrogance. It's a confidence in Christ alone, the hope of glory. And he wants you to rise up and realize, listen, you are purchased with a price. Every one of you have been purchased. We've all been purchased with the price, the blood of Jesus, right? So, so the enemy always tells us that we don't have something that we need. You don't have compassion. You don't have enough wisdom. You don't have the skill or the wisdom or an ability or favor or finances or whatever it might be, but it is a lie. Say it with me. It is a lie. See, Eve was already like God. She was already like God in the garden, right? When she bought the lie that something else had power to make her like God. She bought into the lie. When she bought into the lie, she believed it, and then she took action, right? But the truth of it is, is she was already made in the image of God. She already was made in the image and the likeness of God, and she already had everything that she needed for life and godliness. But the, but the enemy, the liar, came and spoke something to her, and she bought it. And because she bought it, it actually changed the course of her life. The lies that you buy into change the course of your life. What lies are you buying into? Because they have the power to change the course of your life. But when you can identify the lie, you can literally stop that from happening and make sure that your life is on the right track. Say, I'm going to make sure my life is on the right track. God's track. Right? It's those lies that are subtle that we need to be mindful of. Right? So who we really are, we are the innate inborn, built-in, this is who God is in us, built-in, ingrained, deeply rooted, inseparable, permanent, divine expression of the creator of heaven and earth. He lives on the inside of you. So if the divine nature of God, which is really what I'm saying, if the divine nature of God lives on the inside of you, and he does, then we should always represent Christ well. Because we have the ability to do so. Right? So if it's not from God, if something is not from God or the mind of God, if something is not from the mind of God, then it shouldn't be in ours. So every time we walk in anger, every time we walk in fear, every time we walk in frustration, we're partnering with the nature that God has not given us. 
Every time we allow the accuser of the brethren to cause us to walk in a substandard, we're walking in a nature that Jesus actually, he, he died to give us so much more, so much better. So basically we exchange. It's like that we're exchanging with that which is perfect for that which the enemy tells us we have to walk in. Right? So, but you, you have... You have exchanged, when that happens, God's divine nature for the nature of death. For that moment. We're not talking salvation, church. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about the quality of life that you can have here on earth. I'm talking about the victory that God wants you to walk in. Right? I'm talking about your identity in Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Your identity in Christ. So, things like, you know, fear and... Uh, well, when you think, when you have thoughts of fear and you act in fear, you act wrong. You act it out. Competitiveness, jealousy comes out of insecurity and it causes you to act wrong. When we know who we are, we're not moved by people's reaction towards us, their acknowledgement or lack of. When people acknowledge you, you're not moved by it. When people don't acknowledge you, you're also not moved by it. When you're filled with the love of God. Is the love of God perfect? Yes. Yeah, the love of God is perfect, right? And so therefore he, we know that the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear, right? And that, and that fear has to do with torment, which is punishment, right? So perfect love casts out all fear. We have the perfect love living on the inside of us, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, right? His divine nature living on the inside of us. So that means, that means fear actually shouldn't be in us. I say fear, but fear has a whole list of things that it goes with, right? Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love perfectly loves you. You've been loved by perfect love to make you perfect in him because that's how he created you. You actually already are perfect in him. When we allow his tangible presence to come upon us and we let him touch our heart and heal us from lies and the deceit from the enemy, we receive an impartation from the Holy One that literally transforms your walk. And now you walk as a, as a king's kid instead of somebody that you're still trying to receive approval from. Changes everything in your life, your identity in Christ, Right? And so then you have a confidence and a boldness, not an arrogance, a confidence and a boldness because you know that, wait a minute, the Holy One lives on the inside of me. Perfect love lives on the inside of me. And he has made me perfect in him, completely complete, right? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's a godly confidence. You know, godly confidence does not try to prove anything to anybody. You know people that are always trying to prove something to you? It's really just fear at work. Do you, not, do you love me now? Do you like me now? Do you approve of me now? Am I worth anything to you now? What's my worth in your eyes? What's my worth? When people are trying, when anyone is trying to walk, okay, let's flip it. Maybe it's you trying to receive that from somebody. You're trying to receive that worth. You, you need to receive that affirmation. You, you feel like you need to receive their words, uh, kind words, their love, whatever, acceptance. You've just allowed. You, first of all, you've empowered them. You've, give, you've allowed them to come higher and become higher even than God in you. But you've given them power 
But the reality is, is that anybody that walks like that is actually walking in fear and a lack of confidence and insecurity. Because true godly confidence is an inner knowing of who we are in him. It's an identification with the almighty God who created us in his image and in his likeness. We're going to get to those scriptures in a moment. But this is true confidence. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm not up here trying to prove anything to you. I'm up here being obedient to God. Every single day, you shouldn't be trying to prove anything to anybody. Amen. You should just walk in obedience to, to, to the Lord and let his life shine throughout of you. And those that God has drawn to you, for you to minister to, you will. Out of a genuine lifestyle. Not because you're trying to do something. Not because you're trying to get them to like you. Or not because you're trying to get them to think more highly of you. Or whatever it might be. True godly confidence doesn't try to receive anything. They're content in Christ. So you walk a walk of peace. Knowing that I'm completely complete in him and I don't need any, you can't, how do you match complete and completion? How do you over, how do you, how do you do more? If it's complete, it's complete. And we're complete in Christ. When your faith is built up, you act right and boldness and courage will cause you to walk in your righteous calling. Amen. Let's go to Romans, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in other words, stop claiming in outward expression that does not represent who you truly are in Christ, but represents the world. Every time you walk in a level that's substandard to who you are in Christ, you are literally claiming in outward expression that doesn't represent who, who you truly are in Christ. Are we following? When you're claiming an outward expression of anxiety, when you're walking in anxiety, you're literally claiming something that is not part of your identity. It's not part of your identity in Christ. We're to be walking with a transformed mind. Our mind is transformed and renewed as we continually renew it on the word of God. Right? So we're going to take fear for, for an example. See, fear can make a person act in all kinds of ways. It can make a person act really in anger. I mean, it can make a person act full out just evil. Right? And some people mistake. They see someone that is... They're acting in, in, in anger, and they think, oh, they've got demons. They may or may, they may not. But the bottom line is that person is a fearful person. It started with fear. It may have moved on to demons, but it started with fear. People act in ways, and then they cover up, but the root of it is fear. There was a lack of love somewhere. There was an abuse somewhere. There was something that happened that robbed them of that peace of God. And so now the vulnerability has left them with just having, well, being vulnerable. And so fear grips their heart. And now they act in ways to try to, to, try to make up the difference. And then people misjudge them. And, and, then they, and then the anger starts. Why? Because they're trying to prove 
what you're saying is not true. The bottom line is that person is very insecure and very vulnerable and just doesn't want you to know it. But even though they're acting angry and even evil, but it's still a cover-up. It's still a cover-up to avoid uh, to, to avoid it within them. There's a void. There's an emptiness within them. The void of true identity in Christ, the void of the true love of God, has caused them to, to have a limited understanding of even the love of God and the power that God has for them. So, any angry or wicked person is really just a person who has been very hurt and is now walking in a high level of fear. Amen. It doesn't have to only be anger. Like I said, that's just for example, right? Because you can replace that word anger with anything. You can replace that word anger, you know, for someone that's walking in, in full-out blown, like they're just in, in a sinful lifestyle, right? And in all kinds of, you know, things sexually. They're, they're walking, they're walking, yeah, addiction, yeah, all kinds of things. But the bottom, the root is they're, they're looking for love you it's the love of god that they're needing they're looking for the love of god right that's what they need i don't know if they're looking for but that's what they need so deception is satan's way of twisting the circumstance so that they can stay trapped in fear all the while all the whole time justifying it i mean i'm sorry i feel like i need to restate that because um I'm not planning on, on going fast on this message because I feel like you, you need to get the, the heart of what I'm saying here tonight. We need to get the heart of this. Deception is Satan's way of twisting a circumstance. Deception, it's Satan's way of twisting the circumstance so they stay trapped in fear. But the whole time they're justifying it. Justifying it with their own words. We all know people like this, and maybe from time to time, it's been you. But perfect love, like I said, comes from knowing that you are perfectly loved. None of this would be an issue, and it, and it won't be an issue when you know you're perfectly loved. So the revelation of that comes in stages. But when you know that you're perfectly loved, you really, really, truly, honestly walk differently. You know, over time, different levels of understanding and revelation, but you have received the impartation and continue to receive impartations to where you walk in a greater level of understanding the love of God for you. And so when you understand the love of God for you, it doesn't matter what you didn't receive from someone that should have maybe been there for you. It doesn't matter because you received it from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You've received it from, from the creator of heaven and earth. The one that created you, fashioned and formed you and knows everything about you. Knew your unformed body even before you were even born. So who you are in Christ is the internal posture that you are to seize. It means you have to do something. You have to seize it. You got to take hold of it. You got to take possession and lay claim. Who you are in Christ. This is why it's important that your identity in Christ, that you continually go over it. Make sure that you are reminded. Remind yourself. Self, it's time to be reminded of who you are in Christ. Because the flesh always wants to kick up and rise up again and walk in its way, right? But you have to remind yourself, oh, no, uh-uh. I'm not touching that because I know who I am in Christ. So, therefore, I'm not taking the bait. 
I'm not going to allow that spirit of anger to get me angry, to get me frustrated, to get me down, to get me agitated. I'm not going to allow that spirit of deception or whatever it might be. I'm not going to allow it because it's enemy bait. I'm not going to allow the accuser of the brethren to tell me that I'm worthless and I'm not any good and that everyone else is so farther along than me, and, and it's never going to happen. We're, I better as well just settle. If you are hearing words of accusation from the enemy to tell you to settle, then I'm telling you it is not coming from your heavenly Father. God didn't ask you to settle. He didn't ask you to settle for less than. He didn't ask you to take less than. He says, I want you to rise up. He says, I want you to, I want you to walk in the fullness of who you are in Christ, which is incredibly great incredibly great you do so when you walk in the love of God because perfect love is going to cast out that fear and that perfect love is going to love you perfectly and when you're loved perfectly like that you walk perfect I could have chose a different word but I didn't on purpose when you're perfectly loved you walk perfect I'm not saying you will never sin but you will walk perfect why mentally your mentality your understanding of who you are will not budge no matter what comes against you. So you walk in a greater authority and a greater level of understanding because of the boldness of God, the identity of Christ, because you know that your Redeemer lives. And he lives on the inside of you. He lives on the inside of you. And he's transformed you. He has transformed you. If you're transformed, you're completely made new. The old is gone. And the new has come. And it takes self-discipline to not allow that spirit of fear to harass you, especially when there's something to be fearful about. It takes a lot of self-discipline to really make sure that you don't allow the tormentor to get in your mind. And allow him to do what he wants to do. Well, what if your children? And what about? And what if? And what if? And look, it's already looking like. And see? And you see? And it was your fault. And then the tapes start to play. And if you don't stop that, it will literally mean death for you or for someone. Right? Okay, Genesis 1. Let's go to 26 and 27. Then God said... Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created mankind in, in his own image, which means his likeness, his reflection, his representation. That's you. You're called to represent him. We need to represent him well. Let's go to 27. And so God created man, again, mankind. Those are the same two words, Strong's 120. In his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them, and he said for them to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth. To subdue it, to have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. He repeats himself to make a point. So God formed mankind and jump over quickly to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Because when he formed 
man, he breathed. He breathed the breath of life. That breath of life is still breathing in you. Nothing has changed. Sometimes you think, oh yeah, that was the story of creation. God's word doesn't, it doesn't change. It doesn't return void. It doesn't end. It's alive. It continues, right? So listen, let's read verse seven of chapter two. Then the Lord God formed man, again, mankind, of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man, mankind, became a living being. Divine inspiration was breathed into mankind. Divine inspiration. So God formed mankind with, by the dust of the ground, but then he breathed life into this individual, into individ mankind, and mankind became a living being with the very breath of God himself. Because the air that we have in our lungs when you were born anew is the breath of God in you. It is the breath of God in you. Somebody get a revelation. Lord, give them a revelation of this. It's the air of God, the breath of God, that literally is in you, in your lungs. It's, it's the breath of God when you breathe. You're breathing oxygen from heaven. See, the reason that people do stupid things is because they don't know who they are in Christ. I don't know how else to tell you guys. The reason that people do things that are really insignificant and less than who they are called to be is because they have missed the core understanding of solitude in him and they let things move them and shift them when they shouldn't even though that thing might be a real difficult marriage or divorce or or a child threatening to not see you or whatever it might be right trying to make you pay revenge or a sickness in your in your grandchildren's life or whatever it might be something that feels and is very real but the breath of God lives on I'm just trying to raise you up or bring you up higher that's why I'm trying to bring you up to a place where we really are called to be with our understanding of our identity in Christ the breath of God lives on the inside of you the nature of Christ lives on the inside of you that's who we are there's no lack in heaven so there's no lack in us and the more difficult the situation that you face, it just means the more power that God has given you to have victory over that situation. It's not the opposite. It's not, oh, I can't, I can't have victory over this because it's so big. No, God has actually equipped you with so much more. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, not just the little battles. God says you can do all things through Christ, not through self. God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.